three, two, one, and we're live. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Andres Zanelli back with another episode of Zanelli Talks, podcast for uncommon people. What's up, mamas y papas? Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope we all feeling cute. I'm feeling cute. It's 5.30. The sun is out. It's flirting. You know what I'm saying? Don't set until 8 p.m. We glowing. We growing. Summer's here. What's good? Currently in the car recording this. I'm not going to have any of my fun sounds I usually have. I'm just recording this on my phone. There's no echo in here, you know. I'm back in my regular studio this weekend. I'm really excited for that. I got a story time with all that shit, that whole other pedal. But we here, man. We here. I got a fun topic. Um, it's a requested topic over the last few years. It's how I built and sold an e-com company in 18 months. So I have a stint with, with e-com. I have a background with it. Whether it's building companies or advising companies, counseling companies for the last five years. And this was my first ever. This was my first ever experiment. That's what I call it. I went into it as an experiment and it paid off for the boy. So let's get into a little story time, a little background. All right. And we're going to go through this in chapters. We're going to wrap it up in the end and uh, do a little, we'll, we'll handle the Q&A at the end, but just stay with me. All right. And stay cute. So chapter one, we're going to call it discovery. It all started when I was on a phone call with my eighth best friend, Esley. You know, he mentioned that his friend um, just started a drop shipping store. I had no clue what drop shipping was, but it was about to change my life for the better. For those of you who may not know, drop shipping is an order fulfillment method where a business doesn't keep their products um, that it sells in stock. So the seller, like me, would purchase inventory as I needed from like my manufacturer, my third party. And they would fulfill it as the orders came. Really dope, really efficient. So dropship stores usually just handle the operations, the marketing, the customer service. All the manufacturing and fulfillment is outsourced by third, third-party fulfillment centers. So Esley had a friend who just created a store and he was taking pictures of their product that day. And we were just on a call. We were chopping it up. He mentioned it to me. So I got very curious. I started asking questions. I found out what dropshipping was, and I was just shocked that this shit existed. I was like, wait, what? Like, what? Like, this really, like, this really be existing? So then I spent the next eight weeks watching tons of YouTube videos about e-commerce, about dropshipping, anything from the how-tos, the success stories, the failures, what to avoid, winning products, just anything really. If I had a question, I looked it up on YouTube. So I started to, to develop certain, um, with trust with certain channels, you know, that, that I was watching the videos on. And I just started going down their catalog of content. I went deep down their rabbit hole and I put myself through a crash course, basically. I took tons of notes on anything I was learning, anything that stood out to me. And one of the things I learned was about this website, AliExpress, which is owned by Alibaba. Some of you guys may know what AliExpress, Alibaba is. For those who don't, it's kind of like an, kind of like an eBay. Uh, it's like a directory of different sellers, like small sellers from China, Singapore, other neighboring countries, and they're just um, people that you could get stuff manufactured from. Alibaba usually does mass orders. AliExpress is one-off orders, so I was dealing with AliExpress. I skimmed through the website and I ordered a few different products that were like the best-selling products in that category, um, products I heard about on the videos that I was watching, clothing, household stuff, different accessories. I did this right in the beginning of my research, too, because I quickly found out that shipping times from China can take several weeks, 
probably even like over a month. So I just figured that ordering it ASAP, regardless of what the product was, would help me out. Um, and one, learning the process of orders and the shipping times. And two, I would use that time that it takes to arrive proactively because I didn't want to learn everything. And then I'd be like, all right, bet I'm ready to order something. And then I have to like order it, wait, and then create the store because then I would probably lose momentum. So I was just like, all right, before I continue my learning, let me just order this. And as I'm learning, it's being shipped to me, two birds, one stone. My aim is amazing. So in total, I spent about $300 across like probably 15 products in total. I wanted to just check the quality and the shipping time since that's what really matters most to people when they order online. And once the products arrived, I had some friends over. I asked their opinions on what, what they thought of all the products. I took notes on which ones stood out, which ones who didn't. And then I made my website. It was the simplest, most basic website you could imagine. It served its function that you can buy something and get emails, like just the basic functions. I didn't have a professional logo yet. I didn't have none of that. I just found something off Google Images. I manipulated the colors in Photoshop for it to match my brand colors. I rolled the dice, did a stealth launch, and it was profitable on day one. And you're probably wondering how it was profitable on day one. So I'll get into that with this next chapter. All right, this next chapter is chapter two. It's called growth. This is how I, I took it from zero to one. You did what I'm saying? I was profitable from day one. And that is in large, largely in part for, um, damn, I can't even speak right now. That was largely in part <laughs> from having products with a healthy profit margin. See, so I focused on healthy profit margins from the jump. I knew that having those fat profit margins of 50% and above would let me grow faster, would let me be profitable and let me experiment. I entered this whole thing with the mindset that this is an experiment. I'm going to just learn what's out there, learn what people are doing. Success leaves clues. You know what I'm saying? That's one of my mottos. And I'm going to just apply it and see what happens when I do it. You dig what I'm saying? And um, yeah, so that's that's how I was profitable from day one. I just had great products that were, you know, great margins. And that just came from studying what was out there, what the prices were, what I could get it at. And yeah. Um, in chapter two, I also incorporated and went legit. I hired like a legal advisor. I incorporated as an S corporation. I hired a bookkeeper, hired an accountant. Now I want to get into this in a little, for a little bit. All right. Hiring all this stuff, all these people, right. It was very necessary for the growth and very necessary for the sale later down the line. I knew that I needed to have all this stuff done tax purposes and growth purposes, you know what I'm saying? And I knew I didn't want to do it myself. And although it costs money, it was money well spent. So that's what I would really uh, advise some of y'all is that like, if this isn't something that excites you, you know what I'm saying? Like doing accounting, doing bookkeeping, crunching the numbers, filing all the data. And it's not like easy for you, then just spring the extra money from your what you're making and just hire the professionals. It all in all, it probably cost me a little over a thousand per month to have these people on retainer, but it enabled me to make way more each month just by having them on the team. And um, some people will be like, well, how'd you hire the bookkeeper? How'd you hire the accountant? Because like, I didn't know how to do that. I, this was my first ever legit operation that I was doing this for. 
So I turned to YouTube again. I'd be like, how to hire a bookkeeper? What, what questions to ask a bookkeeper? All that stuff, like the basic kind of questions. There, there are videos out there about this stuff. Like the information's out there. You just have to be curious enough and hungry enough to go hunt for it, find it, digest it, and all that. So that's what I did. And I applied it to the accountant. I applied it to the lawyer. And when I was with the lawyer, I, I told him what I was doing. And he advised me to make an S corporation as opposed to an LLC. So I followed my professional advisor's opinion and I went with the S corp. Okay. And then um, a lot of people were asking me, like, how would you market this? How would you get it in front of other eyeballs? So a bunch of videos I watched specifically in dropshipping uh, category, they spoke about Facebook ads, Instagram ads, email marketing. And all of that works. And I did run ads and I did have automated email campaigns running. But where I really made a killing was influencer marketing. And what was funny is that there weren't too many videos, at least like good videos about influencer marketing in this niche. I learned this by just being curious too. I studied other brands that were using influencers in their campaigns. I just went out and I hunted for the information. And I learned a lot about influencer marketing by just being hands-on with this. And... Um, I'm already naturally kind of like a people person. I understand and study a little bit of psychology and like sales techniques and I've had sales jobs and I've just like thrown events and just I've always been around people. So it kind of came natural to me. Plus, I already had like a network growing with like content creators and influencers in my circle. So it wasn't hard for me to reach out to people, hand them some product and then they were able to shout it out. And I learned the big difference between like macro influencers, micro influencers um, macro influencers, you definitely want people with like a large, a, a large reach, but I kind of found that I, I was building a roster, right? And like macro influencers with people with a large audience are going to cost more than like a micro content creator. So I focus on quantity for the micro influencers. I just try to get like a huge roster in numbers with them who were like shilling the product. And then I try to just have like a starting five with the macro influencers and just, they were, they were kind of battle tested. Um, I definitely had to go through a couple iterations to find out who the winners were, but I, I had, I had a roster of both. I didn't just focus on one or the other. And then I, I discovered this whole concept of depth versus width. So when I started working with some macro influencers, they had a lot of width, you know, like 500,000 followers, 800,000, a million. And I'd pay some of them and they wouldn't really deliver sales. Some of them would just deliver like 13 sales and I just paid them like 500, $700 to do a post. And it was like, whoa, that did not break even for me. So I didn't work with them again. And then it would, I would take note on some micro influencers who probably had like no joke, guys, 2,000 followers, and they would get me 40 sales. So you're talking the big difference between this macro and micro content creator, right? And um, so I started to understand that, like, how to view an influencer with their audience. I would like to focus on people with depth. Their audience was deep. Their audience was connected to them. They were emotionally connected to what they were doing. And this was like a tribe leader as opposed to just someone with like a very shallow audience that didn't have a huge ROI. So I started optimizing my, my content creators that were on the team 
to have more so depth than width, okay? Um, I focused on emerging creators in other countries. It had a, um, they, they were oftentimes cheaper, bigger ROI. I was able to go more global with it, and it was cool. I started building a really solid base in the UK and in Australia with different content creators, so that was really fun. And then I started scanning through all the user-generated content, like all the people who were just customers that would take pictures in the product and tag the brand. And I started to work with proactive creators. Like there were some people that were like, I noticed they were micro content creators. They were, they were emerging. They, they, they had ambitions of becoming larger and they would buy the brand, take pictures of it, and they were dope. And then they would tag the brand. So then I would, I would have my intern DM them and see if we can use the, the content. They would be like, yes. And, and then I just started working with them. Like, it's like, yo, like we'll send you out more product if you make more, more pictures. So just started creating an army of user generated content in exchange just for some product was a huge ROI for me. And it really paid off in the end because there was constant new media coming in that I didn't always have to take myself. Another thing that I would do is that I would redo the site almost every month. Not majorly, but just like a little refresh. I would optimize for the best sellers. Um, all of this was data-driven. I would look at my data of all the products and abandoned carts and just all the stuff that's available in Shopify once you open it up. I would just study the data. I would study the data. My best sellers, my worst sellers, best colors, best region, um, all of that, all of that. And I would be researching the best new apps on Shopify for conversion rates and like the best ROI. So I was constantly just trying to improve my storefront. Another thing that helped me out was being efficient. So when I would stack content, like original content of all the products, it would, I wasn't living in LA at the time. And like a lot of the content creators I'd work with, models or photographers were. So like driving to LA was a mission and I would make sure to make most of that mission. So I would squeeze all the lemon out that juice. You know what I'm saying? I would have like three photo shoots going on in the same location, like generally the same location. Like if you're talking about like downtown LA, Walt Disney concert hall, it would be like one photographers with two models over there. And then another one's down the street with two other models. And then there's another one over here working with two other models. So it's like the same area, but different locations, different backdrops. And then I would just have the models rotate because every photographer has a different um, style. So essentially I was, I got like 18 different shoots in one day. I, I remember it to this day, I got 18 different shoots from three photographers and six models all in one day. And I stacked my folder with content that I was able to post for like the next three months. And that's what I call about like being efficient. You know, you got to really be efficient, be scrappy, you know, um, not try to waste so much time driving back and forth and doing all that. So I was just trying to be the most efficient I can be. I was starting to start um, spot the winners and just build a roster that also came into being efficient because instead of just always like working with the same people and even if they weren't performing well, like when they would like post the product, I just started figuring out and using my data to find out who the winners were build my roster and just be efficient with my time and my money. And I would just let my data lead my decisions. You dig what I'm saying? So that's how I really grew it. Um, 
obviously there's more details that go on into it, but we'd be here for like probably two hours, three hours. Like I could probably make a fucking video series about this. And it it probably is helpful. If you're listening right now and you find this helpful and you're interested in this, let me know because this, I mean, I'm here for y'all. Like I'm doing this. I love podcasting and sharing this stuff to help y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if you find this interesting, just hit me with a, a message on the community chat. You should already be part of the chat. If you're not already, check the show notes and text that number. You can be added in for free. And that's my private community of just fucking trailblazers and radicals. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's how I built it. Um, Let's talk about the sale. All right. So some of y'all have asked me how I sold the company. And deadass, this is how I, I sold the company. I searched on YouTube again how to sell a comp- how to sell an e-com company found a couple of websites that do this kind of stuff you know drop shipping stores FBA stores and this that and the other I scheduled a phone call with the best one after I read the reviews I had a good phone call I listed the site I submitted all the data that was needed to drive the sale, you know, um, Google Analytics, Shopify Analytics, profit and loss statements, all the accounting, bookkeeping stuff that I've been like keeping up to date with. It all paid off right here. And then I got on calls with prospected buyers and I sold the company over the phone. I sold it to prospect number three. And I knew these people were serious because just to even get on the phone call with me, they had to place a 10% deposit of the listing price just so I know that they're serious and vice versa. So it was really cool. The um, website that I sold it through took 15% of the overall sale and it was 100% worth it. I would do it all over again. And it was smooth. I listed it and had it sold within under 30 days. So that was dope. And it provided me a healthy amount of money to just move on with my life and do, do other stuff. And I was able to like advise people, counsel people, and do all that stuff when it came to e-commerce afterwards. So a couple lessons that I learned through all of this, all right, that I could give to y'all and just share is one, be curious, be curious, like have a curious growth mindset. If it wasn't for me listening to Esley and like following my gut feeling, that curiosity and finding out more about it, then I probably wouldn't be here talking to y'all about it. You know what I'm saying? It was my curiosity that led me down the rabbit hole. Number two is utilizing free information. YouTube University, I always preach it, man. YouTube University, I learned all this shit on YouTube. No one gave me game. No one made a podcast like you guys are listening to right now and and spoke about this shit. Nothing. I had no access to no one directly. It was just YouTube University. I was hungry as fuck. I utilized the free information, that free game that was out there. I took notes made myself a fucking student as I was already in college. Like I did all this my senior year of college, my junior and senior year, because it took 18 months. Um, But yeah, utilize free information, guys. It's fucking out there. Number three is be proactive. If you're proactive, if you take initiative to seek and find any info that's needed, you take action, like good things will happen to you. You know what I'm saying? Like be proactive. Don't sit on your ass. Get up and go find it. Number four is double down on your strengths. So this goes into like the influencer marketing aspect of it because influencer marketing is what really popped the brand off. Like me working with influencers and growing that network, growing that roster globally 
is what really got the brand to just be out there. So I already knew my strengths was like being a people person, having a large network, being able to talk to people, negotiate with people, find out win-win scenarios. So that's when I doubled down on my strengths. Like Facebook, Instagram ads just weren't my thing. Yeah, I ran them. Yeah, I was profitable a bit on them, but it wasn't my forte. I didn't find excitement in it. I just, I just didn't really like it. Number five is be efficient. Be scrappy and know how to stretch a dollar. If you know how to be efficient, you can really get far in life with, with having a little bit. I mean, guys, I started this shit with $300. You know what I'm saying? I had a six-figure exit. Be efficient. Number six is re-optimize. Constantly improve. That goes back to me always improving the website, using the data to re redo the website and always optimize for the best performers of that month. Number seven is data is king. Data's king. Always look at the numbers to see where your opportunities are. You know what I'm saying? If I saw if I saw sales growing over in Australia, I started figuring out who the popping Australians were. Started talking to them, started sending them some products. They started getting their product faster because they're already on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? The East World. So data's king. I believe that. I was looking at the data and it really helped me out. And number eight is be legit. That goes into just having that that legal advisor, the bookkeeper, the accountant on retainer. This isn't something I really learned about in any of the videos. They didn't really preach any of that. Some of them would just try to do it themselves. But I just like, I don't know, something in my gut just said like, motherfucker, I don't want to be doing this. So just hire someone so you could grow faster. And all of that data, all of those P&Ls, those cash flow statements, the balance sheets, all of that were so helpful in the sale of the company that if I had done it myself, I probably would have made a mistake and it probably would have cost me the sale, the big sale. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, those are my lessons learned. I hope that wasn't too long. I'm going to get into a little bit of Q&A that some of y'all have submitted and I'll just run it off lightning bolt. How long did it take you to create and how long, if so, were you unsuccessful with it? It took me two months to create it and I was profitable since day one all due to healthy profit margins. Pick an industry and a product that you have healthy profit margins in and you will be profitable if you don't have bad spending habits. <laughs> how do you get eyes on your product and how do you get your items to the front of the search tabs? I focused on back-end CEO. It's really easy to do with Shopify and I, and I grew out the influencer marketing heavy. Heavy. That's what I focus on. That's how I got the eyeballs to see my products. I, I use the tribe leaders of different people of different areas and different niches to just market the product. Things I wish someone would have told me earlier on when I started. Definitely prioritize the boring stuff, all the legal entity formation and accounting. Just because it took me four months to actually do that. And I was making like I said, I was profitable since day one. And um, actually, if I had done it sooner, I would have saved more in taxes the following year. So, yeah, I wish someone would have told me that. Also, guys, I want to, this is a little quick thing. I want to mention that, like, although I was profitable from day one, like, the first day, I made a good amount of money. Second day was, like, half of that. The third day was zero. And then zero. And then zero. 
And I had a, that first month, I had like half of the month was like zero, zero sales on the day. And it was contrary to my first day, which had like 50 sales, which is like, whoa, what the fuck? And it was very profitable. It was like a large number. And I just want to like mention that because when we're starting out with something, I don't know, sometimes we get like a glimpse of what it can be in the beginning. At least for me, that's always been the case. Like God's always given me a glimpse, like through the door, kind of little peek behind the curtain and then kind of like closes the door a little bit. And kind of, I look at that as like a sign. It's like, look, bro, this is what's waiting for you if you put in the work. So like this, I'll give you a little taste, but you got to hunt for the rest. So I just want to remind you all of that. Like whatever you're doing, you're going to probably touch success, taste success in the beginning, a little bit of it. You know, you might post a, a video, it goes viral. You might, you know, start a, a store and product goes viral or something a little bit and then it goes dead. Don't let that discourage you. Don't let it discourage you. Like, like put in the work and, and more will come. So I just really wanted to mention that. Someone asks, how did you negotiate your selling price and come to figure out the amount it was worth um, or use the formula for online? Okay, so how did I how did I figure out how much it was worth? Basically, the website that I used already had like a method of how to evaluate a company and they just take the profit and loss of the company on a 12 month cycle and they use all, all of that data, like all the profit and loss data to create a certain number, like the average. And then there's a multiplier. It's usually like 28 or 30. So let's just say I was profitable $1,000 on average. Then you would take 1000 multiply it by 30 and 30,000. And that's the sale price. So that's literally it. Um, was this your first time building a company or had you had any experience or practice? No, this was my first time building a company from scratch. And this is like, you know, not an intensive company, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a one person company. Anyone can do it. So I really suggest everyone try something out. How long did the entire process take from diet? From the idea to creating the company to the moment you sold it. From idea to creation, it took me two months. And from the first day sales to the final day of exit, it was 18 months. Was it your intention from the start to sell the company? Yeah, I knew from the beginning that I was going to sell the company. So definitely had that intention. And um, why did I sell it? Um, I don't know. I kind of just went into it like watching a video where someone said that they had sold a couple companies and I thought that was cool. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'll, I want to build it and sell it. Cause I don't know if I want to do this forever. So this will be a cool experiment. Plus it'll give me money to do other stuff afterwards. And that's what it did. <sighs> yeah, man. All right. That was it. Um, obviously there's so much more that I can get into. And if you guys have like more specific questions, like I said, hit me on my community chat if you're not already in there, check the show notes, look at that number, text it, add yourself in. It's free, direct access to me. DMs don't really work. I don't really check my DMs. The notifications are off. I'm not really trying to be in social media like that too much. So the community chat is the best way. And my last thought to leave y'all with is just like, guys, whether you want to start a store or not, I just want you to really take a moment and emphasize on the fact that we have so much opportunity in our fingertips. Like we can use our phone so well, like influence, like, like everything, bro. I use social media and my phone, like everything just so well. And if I can do it, you can do it. 
we're in 2022. Like you can make $100,000, $200,000, $587,000 with the, the stroke of your thumbs. You can talk to China with your thumbs, with your iPhone. You can message people. You can book gigs. Like there's so many things you can do. Like this is all free to us. All the information out there is free. And it's really up to you if you want to organize it, simplify it, and take action on it. So that's what I want to leave y'all with. It's just the ball. The ball's in your court, baby. You are empowered, really. I started all this shit with three hundred dollars, and it changed my life. So, it can change yours too. I hope this was useful for you. I hope it impacted you. And uh, yeah, all right, guys. I am hella thirsty, and I'm out of breath, and it's hot in this car, so I'm gonna bounce out. But I uh, hope you have a great day or night, wherever you're listening to this. Whenever you're listening to this, stay smooth. Peace.